everybody, and welcome to The Buzz. We are your hosts, Megan Miller and Scott Tatey, ready to talk another week of entertainment. Good stuff to talk about. Oh, there's a little sadness today. We, you know, Last night we got the news that George Romero had passed away, age 77, the uh, mastermind director, creator of the Night of the Living Dead, filmed in Pittsburgh, uh, Evans City, Butler County area. Very influential person for the Pittsburgh film industry because the first three zombie movies he did were here, including the one at, Mar- at Monroeville Mall. So uh, uh, you know, the whole Pittsburgh movie scene owes a great debt to George Romero. So sad to see him go. Yeah, it, the... Um I guess response to everybody posting after that it was, it was quite large. I wasn't. I guess I wasn't expecting such an over just not local but on a national level as well. It was cool that he he went to Carnegie Mellon and he kept his Pittsburgh ties. I, I did a sit down interview interview with him in two thousand five, and at, at the time he was still listing uh, Shady Side as his home. So uh, I, I think he moved after that, but. Uh, yeah, and, and just uh, they caught lightning in a bottle with that first Night of the Living Dead movie. Very uh, low budget, but just one of the all-time great horror classics. And uh, Pittsburgh obviously loves its zombies and it's kind of attached itself to that. There's a zombie museum in Evans City not far from the cemetery where George filmed a lot of the movies. So uh, he, he did a lot for the, for the region, and he seemed to be a cool guy. You know, uh, Everyone's got a good story to tell about him, so uh, it's, it's a shame, but uh, we'd be thanking for what he did. But they're uh, you know, moving along, though. We do have lots of good news to talk about. A lot, boy, what a concert week. This one, almost every night, you have, a, you have a choice. And it seems like there really is something for everyone. We have, you know, some favorites returning to town, like a new mashup with the symphony that we'll talk about in a minute. So, yeah, it really is a pretty strong concert week. Violent Femmes and Echo and the Bunnymen started off tonight at Stage AE, outdoor show. Uh, I know you were there at the same show as me with the Violent Femmes two years ago outdoor there. Wait, and were they with the Bare Naked Ladies? They were the opening okay. act, yes. And, I liked uh, them. Oh, it took me back to the day. I, I felt like every frat party I ever crashed was there. Just the great, fun songs the Violent Femmes do, Blister in the Sun, of course. And Echo and the Bunnymen, uh, kind of an 80s band, uh, very, very cool. Uh, Ian McCulloch's the singer. I think they're a little bit underrated. Uh, they had a uh, song, Lips Like Sugar, that was a big deal back in the day, uh, Bring on the Dancing Horses. Kind of songs you'd hear in a Molly Ringwald sort of movie, you know? Okay. But uh, it's going to be a good show, I think. So. Uh, now, you saw Echo and the Bunnymen a couple years ago. And I re- was that the one that you really walked away like, oh, this is what, such a great show? It was. It was okay. at Mr. Small's in Millville. And uh, i, I got to be honest, I don't think it's going to be able to top that because just seeing them in that small little venue with uh, maybe 120 people, 150. Uh, no, there's probably about 300 people that night. But uh, maybe it's a good thing that they're able to play outdoors at the 5,000 capacity stage AE. Weather's supposed to be nice tonight, 20% chance of rain. So uh, yeah, I think you'll be hearing a lot of buzz about it. And then the next night is a concert that I am excited about. One Republic returns to um, KeyBank Pavilion. I know we both saw them last time they played out in Burgettstown. And uh, good band. It surprised me how good they were. I was pleasantly surprised. Like, I figured, because they have a lot of really good radio hits, so I figured, all right, you know, it'll be a good evening, you know, get to hear some of the good songs. But that was just such a fantastic line, like, concert and lineup from the very beginning to the very end, because that concert also had American authors in the script. That's right. And uh, this one has uh, Fritz and the Tantrums and James Arthur starting things off. Of course, Fritz and the Tantrums, uh, I Can Make Your Hands Clap song. How's that? Oh, that do a good very job. Good. And then that song, You Whistle. All right, I'm done with bits, but uh, I've never seen them, and people say it's a very lively show. And then James Arthur, he's sort of in that, uh, 
I'll, I'll stop short of comparing him to Ed Sheeran because I know you'll get mad. Yeah. But it's not the same. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Sort of that English singer songwriter uh, has a very modern uh, twist about him. Uh, I, I saw him on MTV Live uh, not too long ago doing a show, and uh, it's pretty interesting. So I'm looking forward to him. Uh, I'm glad he's the first act, so he'll probably get a half hour. So. James, give me your, your best half hour, then uh, hit you know hit the showers, and uh, we'll see how Fitz does in, in One Republic. So. Is it Fitz? Yeah, I know. I'm <laughs> looking at our notes here, I wrote Fritz for some reason. Yeah, I'm saying Fritz in the <laughs> I'm like, I don't think that's right. But okay, so it's Fitz in the tantrums. Thank you for setting me up for failure. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, my, my fault there. I, just now waking me up. <clears throat> <laughs> and, of course, One Republic will be um, headlining again. Yeah, I've been trying to find a word to describe bands like them and Imagine Dragons. Uh, there's like a drama to the the rock, you know? They, they have a... Dramatic rock? Yeah, that's drama rock. Oh, that could be it. All right, coin that phrase. Well, I remember last time, um, one of my, like a vivid memory I have from that concert was, um, I think Apologize was the song where they actually matched the colors of the lights, like echoing on the piano to like the words that they were actually saying Ooh. like remember it said something about red or blue going turning from red uh, to blue uh, or something uh, like that uh, and the song yeah yeah and it like the piano actually went from red to blue or whatever uh, that's, do you remember that it's bringing back some memories yeah so i just i just that precision like was very impressive to me we'll see what they got tuesday key bank pavilion tickets still out there and then the next night, Wednesday night, Fish returns. Uh, they'll be playing at the Peterson Event Center. Jam band Fish, uh, not doing many t- cities at all. I mean, they're, they're doing like a what is it, like a fifteen night stand in, in Madison Square Garden or something like that. But did th- you just feel the eye roll by you saying a fifteen night stand? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, but then they're doing just a couple other dates, and Pittsburgh, lo and behold, is one of them at the Pete. Uh, I've covered two fish shows, both out in Burgettstown. Interesting, very Grateful Dead-like, a lot of improv, improv, what am I trying to say, improvisational jams, uh, Trey Anastasio, great guitarist. It's one of those bands that people they're into are into. Like, they know everything. They, they can tell you the song they're doing the last time they played it, how many times they played it on this wow. tour. It's a little intimidating. Uh, you know, when you start talking to them, uh, I'm a lover of all you know, music. I give everything an open chance. But uh, trying to talk fish with some diehard fish fans, you really got to know your game, do your homework. So uh, see how it goes. Uh, interesting they're playing the Pete. How can you picture a jam band of that magnitude playing the Pete? That's unusual. That is an interesting um, venue choice for them. Yeah, usually, you know, who have we seen there? The Panic the Disco and Green Day and bands like that. Uh, usually, I want to say younger, to be honest, younger bands. Uh, yeah, Lumineers were just there, though. True. They have a broad audience, so I would yeah. say. Yeah. So, yeah, that should be an interesting one. And the next night, I am very intrigued by uh, this mashup. Common will be with the Pittsburgh Symphony or- Orchestra on Thursday night at Heinz Hall. It's the Oscar-winning Common, yes. right? Uh, Grammy-winning, too, of course. Uh, the rapper had a, a very uh, highly praised album uh, a year ago, very uh, you know, social, political, really addresses a lot of issues uh, in the African-American community, doing the show at the Pittsburgh Symphony. We, we've talked about before how the symphony it does a lot of shows like these where they, they'll bring in a Nelly, they'll bring in Pat Benatar or something, or, you know, they'll, they'll have some interesting choices that you wouldn't normally see. Jane Lynch. Jane Lynch from, from Glee, yeah. So uh, I salute the symphony for doing that, and uh, I, I'm real excited about this show, actually, because I, I have not seen Common perform before. So, uh, and, you know, it's just neat to hear some different kind of sounds in Heinz Hall with the symphony there. You're not just going to hear Mozart and Beethoven. You're going to... Here's some very uh, cutting-edge rap. And I know we've said this anytime there has been a concert like this that isn't the typical like symphony fair, but it's a really good opportunity, and I think the symphony does this very well, that to 
put people, bring people in that may never, they might roll their eyes or, oh, I don't want to go and listen to, you know, Mozart for two hours, but they would like to listen to Nelly or Jane Lynch or somebody, or Alec Baldwin. He was with the symphony a couple years right, ago. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's a good way to get, to introduce symphony to people who might not otherwise have gone or know that much about it, and it's kind of breaking that stereotype that it's just, you know, old stuffy music, too. Right, because I, I worry people here take the Pittsburgh Symphony for granted. Uh, they're Grammy-nominated uh, a couple times, and they are an esteemed, you know, they, they tour Europe and play all the, the big uh, halls in Austria, Switzerland, places like that. So they have a, a renowned reputation worldwide, and uh, they're right in our backyard. So you're, you're right. This will give a chance for some people who normally wouldn't go on a Thursday night to the symphony. Check out a very interesting show. And it sounds like it will be a really cool show, too. So um, you have to report back on that one and let me know how it goes. Count on that. So And then the next night, um, we have two options to choose from. Tommy Stinson. I'll go quick with this. Tommy, uh, formerly of Guns N' Roses for 18 years, but more importantly, he was with The Replacements, one of the founders of The Replacements, a uh, band I always cherish. And, uh, got to I do feel like cherish is an understatement <laughs> for you, but can go on. Yeah, people say, who's your favorite band? I usually say Replacements or Rolling Stones. It's usually my, my go-to answer. And, uh, of course, The Replacements did not play Pittsburgh on their reunion tour. They canceled it because the singer, Paul Westerberg, had a pneumonia, evidently. But uh, Tommy's coming here twice. He's bringing his uh, rock and band bash and pop to Mr. Smalls in September. First things first, this upcoming Friday, he's doing a little acoustic thing. Him, him and another guy, they call themselves Cowboys in the Campfire, and they're going to play at Get Hip Headquarters. That's that's an upstart Pittsburgh label in the Manchester section, kind of near uh, Johnny Angel's Music Museum, uh, near Manchester Craftsman Guild Jazz venue. I, I've never been there. So this will be the first time I've seen it this Friday. Tommy Stinson, uh, ought to be an interesting show. He was a fun interview, and uh, he's got some history behind him. So. And but, one... Oh, go ahead. I know the other option, though. Uh, I'm excited for. Uh, the Gin be. Blossoms are coming to South Park on Friday night. What's your favorite Gin Blossom song? Oh, hey, Jealousy, of yeah, course. Yeah. Um, come on be. now. Um, <laughs> I might be the only one that I could actually, like, sing the lyrics to. But, yeah, they'll um, be a free show at South Park. I, um, They've played, I think, South Park before, haven't they? Uh, is it that or Heartwood? I, I, I saw them at Jurgles years ago, and at one point the singer was on the bar, literally walking the length of the bar while singing and playing guitar. And I never, like, he was like stepping over drinks and food plates, and it was very entertaining. I had it on video on my phone for the longest time. I finally deleted it. But uh, Jim Blossoms are fun. Uh, it's not just going to be, hey, here, we're doing our hits. Uh, there's going to be some interaction with the crowd. And South Park is a really cool place to see a show. I'll talk about that in a bit. But also another option, if you want it free, how about the Mavericks at Hartwood Acres on Sunday? Yeah, that would, that is a really good choice for a free concert, um, the lineup for that. Because uh, they, they've played uh, – I know they played uh, Carnegie of Homestead Music Hall last year, and they've played there before, or they played somewhere they else. They sold around. out back-to-back nights okay. there two years ago, yeah. They are uh, just a great singer. Raul Malo has one of the, the prettiest voices. I, I guess pretty is the best word. Uh, it's, it's an alternative country band. They're twangy. They're, they're kind of old-school country, but uh, – his voice is just so uh, immaculate. So, uh, but they have a fun, you know, kind of a rollicking kind of sound to sort of music you'd hear at a barnyard party or something. So, uh, yeah, Hartwood Acres would be a good, a good uh, spot for them. And we will be right back. We are back at the buzz. Megan Miller, Scott Tatey, your entertainment podcast, talking what's going on in the. Beaver County, Pittsburgh, music scenes, and uh, real quickly, a couple shows I, I went to last week I want to talk about. A band called Pine Grove that played at Cativo in Lawrenceville. Uh, I, they made my top ten list last year. Someone said, you got to check out this album by this band, Pine Grove. They're from Jersey. Uh, 
and it did. It blew me away. They're just an interesting mix. It's it's a little bit emo. I like the vocals get kind of emo, but then they also have a bit of a, a Americana ish, not quite twang, but uh, oh, it's real hard to describe. But it's kind of like we saw Twin Forks, okay. the Dashboard Confessional singer. How it's emo with a just a bit of a more rootsy kind of rocky thing. Picture that. Now let me ask you: Can the lead singer of Pine Grove? How good is their emo scream? Because in my mind, nobody can top Chris Caraba from Dashboard and Twin Force. Yeah, he probably didn't have quite the intensity at that. I mean, he, he got to some scream parts, but he didn't. It wasn't Chris Caraba where your hair standing. It's on your like arms. so beautiful and painful all <laughs> yeah. at once with him. So just a just an interesting concept. Maybe there's more to that. That a little bit of emo, you know, poppy punk kind of thing, and then a little bit more of a, a rootsy rock. Uh, indie folk kind of thing uh, it was packed though if you, uh, Cativo is in Lawrenceville it looks like a house it must have a good pizza place because everyone's walking out there with pizzas but cool. you could drive by it and not know there's a concert venue there it just looks like any old house on 44th Street in Lawrenceville but uh, interesting place and uh, friendly staff and had a good time so yeah and then the, uh, ne- or the next night, I guess, you went to one of the South Park um, concerts. Yeah, I grew up in South Park, and every once in a while I need to get back there. Uh, but uh, Hopewell band Recluse was there, the singers from Hopewell, Max Somerville. They were the opening acts. So I thought, that's interesting. And then the headliner was NRBQ. They were a big influence on my replacements. So I, I was reading the replacements book. They kept saying, NRBQ, that, that's a band we like. So I drove all the way to South Park for that, and I'm glad I did. Really good time. Uh, we'll start with the local band Recluse. They'd done a show in Nashville the night before. They came up just to be here in Pittsburgh for a couple events. Uh, they're touring. They're doing a pretty much an East Coast, Midwest tour. Uh, it's cool for them. I, I thought they connected with the crowd. I talked to Max, the, the local guy afterwards, and he said it was a good show for them. Uh, you know, they were hoping to sell some merch, and uh, it was a chance for them to play to an audience that normally wouldn't maybe come to a, a bar on the north side of Pittsburgh to see them. But then NRBQ, just very fun. Uh, the singer's been around forever, and it's just a loose show. Just, uh, again, he just seemed like they were doing it off the cuff, just coming up, making the set list up as they went along, and uh, just a rollicking, again, a little bit Americana-ish, a little bit rock, uh, a little bit bluesy. They did Johnny Cash's uh, Get Rhythm. They did it like a rhythm and blues version of that, Ooh. which is really cool. Uh, they, they did a tribute song to Captain Lou Albino, the former pro wrestling icon and Cindy uh, – or. Uh, Cindy Lauper video star. I don't know if that's going way back. That just shows how obscure and how oddball these guys are. But it was a fun show. So, cool. And then the night after that, you went to see something completely different from the first two nights. James Taylor and Bonnie Raitt at PBG Paints. Yeah, Bonnie tore it up. Boy, was she a great opening act. Uh, did about 11, 12 songs. And uh, she did that Angel from Montgomery, uh, the John Prine song. And I, I, I was getting goosebumps when she was hitting those notes. And uh, of course, she's a great guitarist, too, playing a lot of slide guitar. But James Taylor, uh, probably about the fourth time I've seen him, he never disappoints. And what amazes me, his voice sounds as good as ever. This guy's 69 years old. That voice still sounds like the one you hear on Fire and Rain from 1972 on the radio. You know, it just, I don't know what he did. Did he write those songs back in the day in a way that just works? You know, he's not like Bon Jovi. He wrote songs too Where high. he's probably cursing his yeah. 20-year-old self because he can't hit them anymore. But or has he maintained his voice? Does he have some fountain of youth he's drinking from? I, I don't know. I wonder if it's a little combination of both. Because, I mean, he does still have, a, you know, that very smooth voice. But and he doesn't hit overly high notes. So I'm wondering if he just didn't sing like that back then either. Yeah, it, it's working for him. I'll say that. He made a big point in this show. This tour is about his band, and he had a good band. He had, like, a Jimmy Kimmel's uh, band leaders as keyboardist and uh, a drummer uh, you know, has been with him for years. And uh, you don't think of a James Taylor show as a rockin' kind of 
high energy, you know, that kind of show hooting nanny kind of thing. But he gave the musicians each some moments to shine, and they did. So it was it was very tasteful that way. And he did all the hits. He did he did a new one I really liked too, uh, a song about Montana. So. Oh. I don't know, uh, James. Uh, it wasn't sold out. The upper deck, uh, the upper bowl of Console Energy or uh, BBG Paints Arena, they had the curtains up, so it was maybe only half available in the upper bowl. But every seat that was available was taken, and uh, it was a good time. It, uh, yeah, I, I, will it make my top ten right now? Maybe it's like on that tenth, eleventh cusp, but uh, probably at the end of the year it won't. But it depends it was a good how the show. rest of the year goes. Yeah, <laughs> le- yeah. Unless we're in, you know, we have a long drought coming, but. Uh, yeah, but uh, and the crowd loved him. You know, he has JT in Pittsburgh have quite the connection, and I always like to say JT in front of you because I know. Yeah, because yeah, you sent me a review yesterday, like, and put said, "Oh, my JT review." Well, in my generation JT stands for something different, <laughs> and it's called Justin Timberlake. Thank you. I hear you. <laughs> so, and are you ready uh, for this week's love it or loathe it? Yeah, sure. Well, let's do it. Yeah, can I go first? Yes. Alrighty, I am loving something this week. Um, the Deutschtown Music Festival was on Friday and Saturday um, in Deutschtown, like the north side area of Pittsburgh, and I absolutely loved it. I thought it was such a great event. I only went Saturday, so I didn't see Friday's uh, lineup and everything, but it was just such a great way to explore music and venues in the city. I'm going to jump on board with that. I totally agree. I was there Saturday as well, and yeah, I mean, getting to see uh, a band like Iron and, and Wine playing, or I'm sorry, Wine and Spirit play, playing <laughs> outdoors at, at Wiggle Whiskey. Yeah, you're, sitting, you're talking the north side, it's the whiskey distillery, and they had an outdoor venue, which is really cool. Then, it's a really pretty, like, beer garden that they have. Um, another place that also had a beer garden was Penn Brewery. They had actually three different levels that you could see uh, live music on. Um, live music at on Saturday. Uh, but they had this really cool beer garden. It just looked like something out of like, I don't I don't know, a painting or a book or something. It was just this really nice looking area. And uh, it was 200 bands spread out over two days. And uh, uh, one of the points of it is, is to get people down to that section of the north side where you normally don't go. I know uh, I saw you in that one coffee shop. What was that called? Arnold's Tea. That was one of my favorite places. <laughs> that was just a great venue. I never would have known about if it weren't for Deutschtown Music Festival. Now, next time I'm on the north side, I may pop in there. And yeah, that was a really cool uh, thing to see. And, yeah, and there were um, the James Street um, Speakeasy and Pub or Gastro Pub. Like, I've had that on my list for such a long time to go to, but I just never – you know, made it over there, and I got to, you know, see the speakeasy and then the ballroom upstairs, and they also had them, the one street just completely shut down with a stage, and there was, like, an impromptu marching band at one point, and it was just a really cool festival, and I think there were a lot of people there, but because it was so spread out, it wasn't, like, you weren't on top of everybody like you would be at some other places. And I remember to bring in here, they, they were handing out schedules at the venues, such a clever design schedule. It just made it so easy to read, so... Again, there were probably 100 and some bands playing just on Saturday alone, but they had it marked by time, by day, by location. There was a map. It was because it's it's walkable, but it's not like side by side. You got to make a journey to some of these places. But congratulations to the the festival organizers for making it so uh, accessible and friendly. I was gonna say that that map was so user friendly, and I want to know who designed it because kudos to you. It was just a really easy way to I mean you could go by time or by location because I don't know about you but I pick these based on locations of like where I wanted to go I Wiggle Whiskey and Penn Brewery were two of the top of my list so okay well I'm gonna go there at this time and oh these people happen to be playing so you know who is 
providing the music while you're there. So yeah, it was a really good schedule. Um, it was a really good lineup, and they had some really good venues on there too. I agree. Deutschtown was a success, and looking forward to it already next year. So that's going to be my love for this week. I'm loving it too. Uh, loathing that no one around here has something like that. Come on, Beaver County people. Yeah, and I, I feel like the key to this is walking distance. Mm-hmm. So, or relatively, I guess you could have driven, but who wants to deal with, you know, city parking and have to worry about pay for parking twice or anything like that? But yeah, I just feel like it's such an opportunity that a community here could possibly do, maybe on a smaller scale, because I know some of the places, you know, in downtown Beaver or downtown Manacker or whatever, like aren't equipped for live music. But some of these other places aren't necessarily either. Let's start a Bridgewater Music Festival. You could have Thursdays, you could have Kelly's, you could have 1810 Tavern, you can close on a the street. The Dockside. Have, right? Kelly's? Did you say Kelly's? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Roberts Roadside. Let's make it happen. Bridgewater Music Festival. Somebody right? get on that. You can even do one on the, um, the outdoor stage by the dock oh yeah yeah so yeah let's get this in motion guys right, we, we came up with the idea someone else needs to pick up the ball for next year yeah right. so yeah i agree it was just a really cool way to like spend the day and explore part of the city that you're not familiar with but it doesn't necessarily have to be just in pittsburgh though either and i saw online the, the deutschtown organizers saying they're getting together in a couple days and already planning the 2018 one fantastic so, and I will be there for it. <laughs> so, and I guess that'll uh, do it for this week's episode. Uh, thank you for joining us. As always, you can follow along on this podcast at timesonline.com slash podcasts or on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher Radio by searching the Beaver County Times. Um, I, I agree. It's good for me. <laughs> <laughs> and where can um, you can follow the latest entertainment news on Twitter by following us. I'm at Maggie E. I'm at Scott Tady. Thanks for joining us.